Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore, and this is a deep dive content session, uh, how to reinvent yourself. Now, I'm in the fortunate position that I'm um, writing a book with someone who's become a very good friend, a very famous, infamous person who's very much misunderstood, and that is Gerald Ratner. Uh, And Gerald Ratner was famous for his huge gaffe um, many years ago now, uh, where it it is um, pretty well recognised. He made the worst gaffe in history. He's on all the worst gaffes websites, probably deemed the worst mistake in public speaking history. uh, And um, he had a really, really hard time for a decade after that and uh, finally turned things around. Uh, And uh, I'm going to give you, in fact, I'll tell you what's coming in this video and then I'll show you the content or podcast. So um, seeing the upside and the downside, uh, what happened with Gerald's speech, embracing change, studying trends. Old dogs can learn new tricks, curiosity, unlearning, disrupting yourself, continual testing, 70-30, building assets, getting uncomfortable, hanging around older and younger people and a vision of the future you. I'm going to go into each one of those points to help you reinvent yourself. You might have had a life-changing illness or life-changing event. You may have been made redundant or you've just woken up one day and you want to do something different with your life. You may not need to reinvent yourself now, but you know you want to keep reinventing yourself. You might want to reinvent yourself rather than someone having to disrupt your life for you. You may want to get some financial security. You may want some variety in your life. I think it's really important to have the skills to be able to reinvent yourself before someone comes and pulls the rug of your life under you financially, emotionally, um, you know, in a relationship, etc., so that you're not blindsided and it doesn't you know, send you into feeling out of control or even worse into kind of um, maybe a, a more depressive state or just having a, a bit of a loss of identity and direction of your business and personal life. So Gerald Ratner uh, made a speech when he was at the top of his game and was doing something like, I, don't, I can't remember if it was 1.5 or even up to 3 billion in turnover. Uh, he was one of the most successful people in the country He ran the biggest um, stores, uh, the the network of jewellery stores in Europe. And he did a public speech where he basically joked that his jewellery was a bit crap um, and that maybe a prawn sandwich um, had more value than some of his earrings. Uh, What he said was taken out of context. He was absolutely slammed by the media um, that, you know, that he didn't respect his customers, that his products were shit. In fact, I think it said that his jewellery was crap on the headline of the newspaper, but I don't actually think he said that. Um, He's written an amazing book, by the way, called The Rise and Fall and Rise Again of Gerald Ratner, which is kind of an autobiography. But I am currently, with the help of um, a a, a ghostwriter as well, um, uh, writing Reinventing Yourself by Gerald Ratner. I'm I'm just helping him, but it's going to be him. Uh, And he spent 10 years pretty much, as he says, Uh, lying in bed watching Countdown, 
uh, and just really struggling. He lost everything. He lost his own company. Um, he brought someone in to help um, recover and they fired him. And it wasn't until his wife said, look, you need to get up and do something with your life or I'm leaving you. Um, and I know Moira, Moira quite well as well. And she gave him the bump that he needed. And then he set up a gym, sold it for a few million quid, hustled. It's great how he built the gym up without having the premises because he sold memberships before he had the premises. Then he had the memberships agreed so he could then get the finance for the um, for the premises, for the gym. And he sold it for a few million quid. He's back in the game. And um, it's, it's a great story. You should definitely read the book if you haven't read it already. Um, and I'll come back to that in a moment. But I'm going to give you now some, I don't know, 12 hardcore tips and tools for you to reinvent yourself at whatever stage of life you're at. Now, um, the first thing is when you have a challenge or a disruption or something that you perceive to be a downside, there's actually upside in it. Now, I know logically you know that, but emotionally, when you're feeling down, depressed, lost, it's very hard to see the upside. Uh, and, and, and infatuation or, um, you know, hyper excitement or happiness is seeing most, if not all, upside. And then depression or re feeling really struggling or lost is seeing most of the downside. But in reality, all situations, I believe, have an equally balanced upside and downside. Now, it's easier for you to look at someone else's life and go, oh, I can see the upside of that and the downside of that, the upside of that and the downside of that. But if you, the wisdom is being able to look at your own life and situations and challenges and go, oh, okay, I feel high. What are the potential downsides so I don't get too ahead of myself? Or I feel down. What are the potential um, upsides that I can see that can lift me back into balance? So if you got redundant, made redundant, what's the upside? Well, maybe you're forced to take some time off. Maybe you're forced to reevaluate your, your life, which you should have done 20 years ago. Maybe you're forced to manage your finances better. Um, maybe you realise actually that comfort wasn't good for you. And that can just be the bump that you need. I've been fired three times, twice by my dad. And each time they were a massive blessing in disguise. So if you're lost, you lost your identity or your way, look at the downs, sorry, look at the upside of all the downside you're perceiving, the upside of the challenge and you may find a way to get back on the horse and to get back in the game uh, and essentially reinvent um, parts of your life now you could want to reinvent your whole identity because uh, i know some people have these uh, what they say is midlife crises and they want to reinvent the hard uh, identity i've done that at least twice in my life um uh, but you also might just want to reinvent a part of your life like your business um or your relationships for example okay so this is exactly what gerald did and Gerald, in the end, I think he's done something like 1,500 speeches. It's thousands. He'd tell you the exact number. Um, and what Gerald does is the same speech, which is a story about his worst speech ever. Isn't that ironic that the worst speech ever, he is now making many thousands of pounds a speech, doing it thousands of times, feasting and dining on making an amazing living out of the worst speech in history. So that's a great example of the way to turn the very thing that broke your career into the new career. And Gerald pivoted from being a business owner, running jewellery um, stores, to then um, setting up and selling a gym, uh, and then online jewellery, and now public speaking. Uh, and of course, now an author. Um, with the hope that Reinventing Yourself will be his second book. Okay, the next thing then is to embrace change. Now, um, I believe that a lot of your happiness is and directly linked to your ability to embrace change. Because a lot of people fear change. And so then you have this overneed for control and you're always on edge that what you've got, you might lose. So you hoard or you try and control people. Um, you're, you're very much like, oh, I can't let go. Uh, uh, and that creates a lot of tension. 
Whereas if you learn to embrace change, enjoy change, see change as um, a thing of beauty, a thing of progress, of evolution, constantly being able to learn, get the variety, etc., the unknown being exciting, being curious about that, then you're going to, whether it's organically over time, reinvent yourself, or you're going to dramatically be able to reinvent yourself when you get disrupted. Um, and I, I've heard, I don't, I've not done much research on this, but I've heard that um, your personality can change very dramatically over a 10-year period. And I can certainly see, you know, people say, in my, in my 20s, I was this. In my 30s, I was this. In my 40s, I was this. In my 50s, I was this. And I certainly feel like I'm much more um, calm and centered about who I am, maybe through my 30s. I was probably more disruptive and out there and maybe a bit more exciting in my 20s as I move into my 40s. Um, let's see what that brings. I couldn't tell you yet. Um, so I'd certainly say that organically life reinvents us. Um, so if you embrace that, who you are, um, embrace your flaws, embrace the different stages in your life. The older you get, the more wise you get. The younger you are, the more energetic and youthful and maybe naive you are. And there's upsides to both of those. Um, so as you're probably going to evolve and change like that, why don't you also intentionally do that? And why don't you look to reinvent yourself and your career every five to 10 years, or at least have the ability to do that um, before someone else comes and does that for you? And really embracing change it has let's go of so many negative emotions of control and fear and anxiety and worry, um, because we all know that there's things that have happened to us in our life that at the time we thought were the worst things ever. And looking back, they're actually one of the greatest gifts. And there is a gift and a lesson in everything, though, no, no matter how hard it is. It's just being able to see it and embracing it. OK, the next thing then, I think what we're on point four, point five is to study trends. So I'm really interested in social media, VR, AI, Internet of Things, uh, you know, electric, autonomous cars. Where's the world going? Um, because if I can get a sense for where the world is going, then I can probably embrace new media, um, new markets, new abilities to earn a living, um, you know, new um, products and services and markets that people need and want that are going to become very popular and common. Uh, and I think if you enjoy studying those, uh, and you make it a bit of a mission for just keeping a little bit ahead of everybody else in what's coming and where the trends are. You know, when people say, oh, robots going to take all of our jobs. Well, why don't you figure out how to um, build and create AI and robots? Or why don't you learn what jobs are going to be created, but what jobs are going to become even more relevant if robots take a lot of the jobs? But robots are just going to take the lower level jobs. There's going to be other jobs that are going to have higher value because less people are going to be able to do them. And if you learn that skill, then you win. Definitely trend studying, I think, will, will really help you. If you want to sell on e-commerce, um, often, you, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, I love this product. I want to sell this face cream. It's a brilliant face cream. But in reality, what sells are things that are trending and they have a shelf life and then people aren't so keen on them anymore. So you understanding what people want and need will make you better on social media. It will make you better on e-commerce. It will give you a better product that the market wants with higher volume. And my companies, Progressive Property Unlimited Success, this is pretty much what we've done. We started with one um, done-for-you property service. Uh, then we moved into one um, property course to teach how to buy property. And then we wrote books and did YouTube videos and blogs. And then we set up Facebook groups. And then we had different verticals of types of property courses, like commercial conversion and residential property and packaging and, and selling property deals and flipping. 
And then we went into business courses, so um, podcast courses, social media courses, um, general business courses, marketing courses, and of course my podcasts and social media, my Facebook supporter program coming soon, my Facebook stars program. Only 20 people have been invited by Facebook to do the Facebook stars program. What involves one of their new currencies, and I'm one of them. Um, and, and that's because I tried to stay ahead of what's going on in media and social media. Um, and and it, it, it lays a lot of, takes away a lot of my fears around, oh, what if there's a recession, you know, or what if the Brexit or Labour get in, you know, whatever it is that might be the, the real fear. Well, I'm not saying I should ignore those. I should look at those and see the downsides, but also look at the upsides. And I know if I know what's going on in the world and where it's going, I know I can reinvent myself and my company. And I think it's, I've, I should be constantly reinventing myself and constantly reinventing my company. Otherwise, someone else will do that. So the next thing is old dogs can learn new tricks. Now, a lot of people think as they get older, it gets harder to learn. But that's not true. That's the story we tell ourselves. And in reality, you can learn often better when you're older than when, OK, we learn like a sponge as a child, don't we? And we're just learning machines and we're hungry for learning and we need it. But there's certain points in our, our age. Like for me, in my teens, I was ignorant, didn't want to learn. And then in my 20s, I had an ego and I didn't want to learn. And I'm way more open to learning now. And I'm the oldest, of course, I've ever been, as we all are. Um, so I don't buy into old dogs. You know, you can't teach them new tricks. And the older you get, the harder it gets. I don't buy into that at all. It's just about your mindset. I love learning more and more as I've got maybe more successful or let's just say the more I've progressed um, and maybe the more self-aware I've become. By the way, sometimes the more I progress and the more self-aware I become, the more I realise I, I know very little and there's so much more to learn. Um, but it's really important to have the mindset that you know you can learn new tricks. And it doesn't matter what age you are. You, know, you can be in your 60s and you can start a business now and be a millionaire by the time you're 70. It doesn't take 10 years to be an overnight success anymore because that kid, Ryan, who's got Ryan's Toys Review, is seven years old and his YouTube channel did 22 million last tax year. So it doesn't take as long as it used to take anymore. Internet through fiber optics at the speed of light. Information is traveling so much faster now. So, it, it, you know, the information exchange and the currency exchange and the transaction exchange and the fair exchange, that happens quicker than ever. Getting your brand out there and going viral and having more customers happens quicker than ever. But you have to have the belief that you can learn this stuff and it's not beyond you. And, oh, those kids, uh, they know technology. I don't. And, um, you know, you, you need to let go of how old you think you are because you're only as old as you think you are. OK, and that leads me to the next one, which I think is one of the most admirable and attractive qualities of a human being. And that's curiosity. Now, the opposite of curiosity is stubbornness or closed mindedness or ego or arrogance. Um, I know it all. But curiosity is wanting to learn from everyone, wanting to learn everywhere you go, being fascinated about the world and always seeing new opportunities and I'm writing a lot about this in my current new book, which is called Opportunity and a curious mindset, wanting to learn from everyone, being intrigued and fascinated, uh, almost have wonderment of people and the world. That is the greatest open mindset for learning and development and reinventing yourself constantly and challenging your own beliefs and seeing the world through everyone else's beliefs. And I think, by the way, just as a bit of an aside, I think real wisdom is learning from people you perceive you don't like. Because it's so easy to learn from people you like and people you admire. But often people you don't like, you put them in a box or you put them away. Or I don't believe in that or they're wrong. But being open minded to learn from people you don't like or people who have different beliefs. And that is coming from curiosity. You don't agree with them, but you're curious to know why. 
And why do they believe what they believe? And what can I learn about their beliefs? Um, so, for example, I've tried to learn as um, I probably would regard myself more as a capitalist than a socialist. But I've tried to learn from from socialist type people or if I'm a bit more to the right and they're a bit more to the left. I don't box myself at all. You never hear me say that stuff. But if that's how people perceive me, I try and learn from them. Um, I probably would prefer Labour not to be voted in personally. Um, but there's someone in my company who's probably going to vote Labour. And I was fascinated to know why. And I was talking to him about why. And he was saying, oh, I guess as a landlord, it's probably not so good for Labour. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to not judge him on his beliefs. I'm trying to I'm be fascinated to learn why, because I'll get new insights and then I can challenge my own thinking. And that leads me to the next point, which is unlearning bad habits. Now, um, I remember my martial arts instructor when I was, what, 25 I'd already done all right in one R and I'd probably got a blue or a brown belt. And so I went thinking that I was pretty good. I knew I wasn't great, so I wasn't totally arrogant, but I thought I was pretty good. And he said to me, Rob, you have to let go of everything you've learned. You have to unlearn what you've learned in your previous art. You start here at the beginning with everyone else and you are a white belt. And I, I did feel a bit defensive about that and that pissed me off a bit. But he was totally right because it was a completely different style in a completely different way. The movement was different. The energy was different. The techniques were different. Um, completely uh, the way that, you know, the way that the um, physiology and, you know, your body mechanics work were completely different. So it wasn't just about me learning a new art. I had to unlearn everything I knew about the previous art. Uh, and I think a lot of the times we bring, go into situations. I see this with loads of people, by the way. Now, but sometimes you've got to work things out and you've got to try and figure out things out and connect the dots and you've got to make some assumptions. And, you know, if you're a policeman, you've got to read a situation and bring your previous experience to know, oh, is this danger? I get that. But often what we do all the time is we perceive and imagine that we know something and we don't. And we're projecting our past into the present and the future. We know how this is going to be. This is going to play out like this. Um, and that's actually wrong. But, you know, in relationships, that's wrong. You know, you, your current partner isn't like your ex. They're like them. But you see the way they look or do or say something and you bring all the baggage of your past relationship into that new one. So unlearning bad habits, holding on to things we feel that we need, even though we don't or the the, the, the mistakes we're making over and over again. And it's got to take some letting go of ego and self-awareness to be able to really understand what those bad habits are. But people always talk about learning and they rarely talk about unlearning. So just think about what are those recurring habits that are holding you back or making continual mistakes or pushing people away from you or getting you stuck. Um, what do you need to unlearn? So these all link nicely together, by the way. I didn't write them in an order, but it's almost like they are in some kind of nice cascading order. The next one then is disrupting yourself. Uh, and I believe disrupting yourself is challenging your thinking, challenging your strategies, looking at how um, you need to protect yourself from downside risk. Um, what if you're, you were your competitor? How would you try and take you out? What flaws would you pick in if, someone, if you were attacking you? And this could be you, your individual, you as your brand, you as your company, so that you can fix the issues or evolve and improve before your competition outwit you or someone else blindsides you or disrupts you. So if you, if you get disrupted by someone else, you are way behind. You might be years behind them. If you disrupt yourself first and preempt it, then you're going to be constantly reinventing yourself. So it's almost like we could talk about not just reinventing yourself, but evolving yourself. If you evolve yourself, you don't need to reinvent yourself. Porsche do evolution. They slightly change the look and feel and technology very gently and progressively. Ferrari do evolution, bigger, more dramatic changes. Uh, now, you might need to make a more bigger, more dramatic change and you know, reinvent yourself, revolution, if you don't constantly evolve. Whereas you're trying to evolve and learn and grow and be open every day and inquisitive 
and making plans and provisions with your finances and your skills and your abilities and learning new things. Like, you know, if China are going to be a massive superpower, then maybe you should start learning Chinese. And if there are some new trends that are getting big, maybe you should learn them. And if TikTok's going to be huge, maybe you should go and play on it two or three hours a week and figure it out instead of just dismissing it. Um, so, yeah, some things to think about there. OK, next then is continual testing. So I think a testing mindset solves a lot of problems and it, it makes you a lot more um, risk averse. It makes you a lot more brave and courageous. It makes you enjoy business and life more, um, because if there's a thing that you perceive to be big or hard or risky, of course, your, your body, mind, your emotions, the memories of all the past situations which create, which create emotions, which hijack you, of course, you're going to be scared, anxious, worried, um, reticent, overwhelmed, confused, um, frustrated. Uh, and, you know, there's going to be this paralysis if um, things are big and things are hard and there's, a, you know, it's all or nothing or do or die. Um, whereas when Mark and I bought our first house together, we just agreed that we'd just buy one together and see how it, it goes. Now, we've bought or own or co-own or managing our letting agency now, over 850 properties later. Um, but the first one wasn't like, oh, well, we need a contract and a heads of terms and an SLA and MSOPs and, you know, all these things. Uh, we just said, let's buy a house together. Mark was putting the money in. So we said, look, let's de-risk your money so you can have a first charge. And then we split equity 50-50 and we split upside growth on 50-50 and we split, split net income 50-50. And then if it works, great, maybe we'll talk about another one. And if it doesn't, OK, well, we, we can't own a house and we've got to figure that out if we part. And, and um, I'm doing a joint venture like that at the moment where we're going to have six months. We've agreed to split. They get X earning. We get Y earning. Um, it's, their, it's, it's a new company, but they're existing brand. So they're going to get a bigger share. And we're going to see how it goes for six months. And I tell you what, what we'll negotiate and contract out will be way different than if we were doing it now, because we'll know a lot more about each other. We'll know if we want to work together, if it's working um, or what what tweaks need to be made. What tweaks? I said that very high pitched. So I think a testing mentality is, is much better than a, an all in or a do or die mentality. And you evolve over time. You actually get better and better and better and better. Uh, and you get started because done is better than perfect and prolific is better than perfect. And it's quicker. Speed is a massive commodity right now, so it's much quicker. OK, next then is maybe you want to have a 70-30 or an 80-20 um, plan for your life. Um, now, it depends on the areas of your life. You probably don't want to have a 70-30 plan for your relationships. If you're married, you don't want to have a 30% on the side. But with your business, your one business, it's probably good to spend 70% of your time on your business and 30% of your time on your second business. 70% um, on one income stream, 30% on another income stream. Um, because if you're all in on one thing and that one thing gets disrupted, look at for a blockbuster, look at Kodak. You know, there are a lot of companies that didn't evolve and they were all in on one thing and that thing got disrupted and they didn't evolve or reinvent themselves. Uh, and they didn't become the Netflix. They just, you know, this complicated as to why these companies don't evolve. Um, but let's just assume they didn't um, grow with the times. So if you've got a second income stream, but by the way, you shouldn't divide your time 50-50 between jobs or 50-50 between income streams or 50-50 between what you're learning because your main income stream should have most of your time. Your main career should have most of your time because it's your main career. But, you know, maybe you want to spend 30% of your time learning a new language, 30% of your time learning a new skill and you know, a new talent, a new strategy, um, getting a new degree or doing a new course. But 70 or 80% of your on your main strategy, which means if over time it gets disrupted, you can just increase the time in your second um, income stream or focus, and then you've got something to pivot into. Uh, okay, next thing, and then is to build assets. 
So if you build assets that have an income stream attached to them, so you buy property and rent them out with the rental income, you write books and you get the um, royalties from the books, you create IP software apps, uh, you create um, YouTube channels and podcasts and you get ad revenue or collaboration revenue, uh, which are forms of um, income from assets or recurring or even sometimes passive income from assets. Then if you get disrupted and you have to reinvent yourself in your life because you get ill or you have a major injury or you're diagnosed with a horrible disease or you need to relocate for in, in countries or you have to go bust or you go into an IVA, then you can. OK, well, if you've got assets, and you go into an IVA, that's different. But your personal assets might be ring fenced from your corporate assets. But the point is, if you've got multiple streams of income from assets, You've got the flexibility to change. And if you get disrupted, then you can reinvent yourself or your career much more quickly because you've still got income because it's harder to reinvent yourself when you haven't got any income because you've got probably got to focus on the income first, maybe not doing what you'd like to do in the short term to then be able to pay your bills and move forward into the long term. Okay, next then is to continually be uncomfortable. And this is linked to disrupting yourself. So um, a lot of people say, hey, get uncomfortable, you know, go big, go all in. Uh, I actually think um, maybe it's good to get comfortably uncomfortable. Too uncomfortable, you risk major disruptions, challenges, or you're not ready, or major significant emotional reactions which can scar you. You know, sometimes when you've done something, there's too much of a risk, you've kind of then maybe hidden away and not wanted to do it ever again. You even carry a lot of these em continual emotions of fear. Um, so it's actually, you know, when people say go all in or um, you know, take, um, take big risks, um, risk, the, the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. Sometimes the bigger the risk, the bigger the failure. So I like to do um, getting comfortably uncomfortable, which is it's uncomfortable and it's nervy and it's scary and I might fail, but it's not so scary that I'm likely to not do it or procrastinate or hide um, or that it's likely to break me. And the, the good thing about getting um, comfortably uncomfortable is you can do it every day. Get in the shower, have a shower and then turn it on to cold and have cold for 10 seconds. My record is 15 seconds on absolute freezing setting. Now, I don't do it in the winter, but it actually testing myself to do things like that. Freezing cold shower. Ah! Um, saying things in my head, which I'm maybe a bit nervous about saying, as long as it doesn't uh, um, upset or offend people. But sometimes, you know, if I'm feeling a bit like pushed and pressured and I feel like I should fight back here, I should make my opinion known, say it with conviction. I'm on the stage and I, if something comes into my head. Do I say it? Don't I? Try it. Say it. If you don't, if you don't risk anything. You risk everything. Everything is a test. Um, now, of course, there's got to be an ethical or a legal framework and not hurting or offending other people or shaming other people. But put that aside. If in doubt, try it out. OK, and then final two. I hope you found this useful. I've really enjoyed delivering this for you. Um, certainly, this is going to be way expanded on in the book with Gerald, how, how to Reinvent Yourself. And that is hang around with people both older than you and younger than you. Hang around with people different than you. Hang around with people with different cultures, in different countries, with different experiences, with different beliefs. Um, now, of course, they say the, you are the five people you spend the most time with. So your core inner circle of mentors and wise um, supporters uh, you know, and friends, um, peers, they do need to be collated and curated and chosen very wisely. Um, but you should also disrupt yourself, hang around with 25-year-olds um, if you're 45, hang around with 65-year-olds if you're 45. Uh, and I like to hang around with people who are in their, what, probably early 20s, mid-20s, um, because they're almost young enough to be my kids. Um, but I learn a lot from them and it keeps me feeling young and fresh and energetic. And I love having mentors who are 65 
because they're way more wise and way more experienced in life than me and they've seen a lot more. Um, and I think oh, hanging out with different people, older people, younger people, a variety of people uh, keeps you reinventing yourself, keeps you challenging your own beliefs, keeps you challenging your own fears and doubts and mindsets. And of course, through osmosis, you can learn a lot from them. And then finally, what's the future vision of who you are? Um, because if you don't have a future vision of who you are or who you want to become or how you want to grow or the difference you want to make on the planet, then you don't know who you're going to reinvent yourself into. And then you will be forced to reinvent yourself. And often you'll have to reinvent yourself um, on someone else's criteria um, or you'll be forced to do it because financially you're struggling or you've got a significant life event and you will be reinventing yourself down a road that you don't want to go down. And many people are in a career 20 years because they were forced to, and it's not their life. They're living it vicariously through other people or because they don't feel they have a choice. I left university. I was going to spend two weeks coming home to help because dad wasn't very well. And then I was going to go to Australia to be an architect. Now, it turns out that was a good decision not to do that. But what happened was I worked in the pub for five years um, and it wasn't something I wanted to do. And I don't begrudge it, but I maybe if I was doing it again, I definitely would do something different. Um, but in the end, I went down someone else's road because I didn't have options and I wasn't clear on who I was. I wasn't clear on uh, my career I wanted and I wasn't clear on where I wanted to be in my life and how I wanted to be known. And if you're not clear on any of those, then someone else who is more clear will sell you into their vision. So the person with the bigger clarity of vision sells other people to help them in that vision. So if you have no clarity or direct direction, someone else will convince you of theirs. So clarity and direction of who you are in the future vision of you means you will sell other people to help you and support you and you'll employ them and you'll bring them along for the ride. Cool. So I hope you, hope you found that really useful, whether you're watching in the supporters group or you're listening on the podcast. How to reinvent yourself. Let me summarise what we covered. I covered Gerald Ratner's story, including how he re reinvented himself by making the worst speech and corporate gaffe in history. And now he's done thousands of speech, just speeches, just talking about that speech and made probably millions of pounds off of it. Seeing the upside in the downside to see how you can create an opportunity out of challenges and difficulties and when you're lost and, you know, you feel like your life has been disrupted and you've lost your identity. Um, embracing change, enjoying change and knowing that you're probably going to change anyway organically over 10 years. So why don't you um, why don't you create the dialogue and why don't you be in control of the change rather than it just happen organically? Studying trends and where the world is going so you, you always know where you can move into so that you don't get disrupted. Um, curiosity and an open mind to learn from everyone and everything. Unlearning bad habits uh, and the baggage that you bring. Uh, disrupting yourself so that someone else doesn't and making sure that you're always one step ahead of your competitors and the people who are trying to take you down and imagining that you were trying to take you down. How would you take you down and, and defending against being taken down? Continual testing and tweaking and iterating and improving rather than fearing like it's got to be perfect. Start now, get perfect later. Have 20 or 30% of your time on your secondary income stream or your secondary business or your side hustle so you're not all in on one thing. Building assets to create income so if you get disrupted, you've got income so you can make proper life choices rather than being forced to make choices based on a need for money. Getting uncomfortable but uncomfortably uncomfortable rather than uncomfortably uncomfortable and challenging yourself in different areas of your life to do that. Hanging around with older people and younger people and people of different cultures and beliefs and then creating a future vision of you. So thanks for tuning in. And remember, you don't risk anything, you risk everything.